Hi everyone, I'm Darren Nair, the creator and host of Pod Hostage Diplomacy. We're currently taking an extended break right now because I'm dealing with health issues. We will be back once I have fully recovered. Thank you so much for listening to Pod Hostage Diplomacy and take care. Welcome to Pod Hostage Diplomacy. We work to free hostages and the unjustly detained around the world. Together with their families, we share their stories and let you know how you can help bring them home. Now, when it comes to using the family to get for Russia to get what they want, if that's the case, they've picked the wrong family because I'm not going to carry water for the Russian authorities. These are some of the most courageous and resilient people among us. I never thought that my mother, Nahi Tagavi, will ever have a link to negotiations in Vienna about the JCPOA. That's so crazy. People who have never given up hope. Trevor told his girlfriend to tell me to, to be strong. So I'm trying to be strong for Trevor. You know, if, if Trevor can cope with what he's dealing with, exactly. we, we can sure cope with the stress. People who will never stop working to reunite their families. We'd like to meet with the president. Uh, we believe that, you know, he has, uh, he's surrounded by lots of uh, experienced and educated advisors, but I don't believe that any of them have ever had a, a child taken hostage by a foreign country, especially not a superpower like Russia. And we'll be right there by their side until their loved one comes back home. Because um, if enough people care, then the right people will care enough. I'm Darren Nair, and I've been campaigning with many of these families for years. When I first started campaigning with these families, I noticed they struggled to get the media attention they needed. So I decided to create this podcast, which is a safe space for the families to speak as long as they need to about their loved ones and what needs to be done to bring them home. Nobody can prepare you for what our family is going through. Even if someone had told me one year before, in one year, this is going to happen, prepare yourself. It's impossible. Thank you for listening and welcome to Port Hostage Diplomacy. Welcome to Port Hostage Diplomacy. Australian engineer and Irish resident Robert Pedder has been wrongfully imprisoned in Iraq since 7 April 2021. The United Nations Working Group on Arbitrary Detention has stated that Robert is arbitrarily detained and has called for his immediate release. For those of you unfamiliar with Robert's case, this is what happened. Robert Pedder and his colleague Khalid Radwan, who is an Egyptian citizen, both travelled to Iraq to resolve a business dispute between the Iraqi government and their Dubai-based employer CME Consulting. CME Consulting is an engineering firm which was working on the new headquarters for the Central Bank of Iraq. The project was hit by delays and increased costs due to the COVID-19 pandemic and a dispute arose whereby the Iraqi government demanded the return of 12 million US dollars paid to CME Consulting. As a result of this dispute between the Iraqi government and CME Consulting, both Robert Pedder and Khalid Radwan who worked for the company were detained on 7 April 2021 and put in prison. In March 2022, the United Nations Working Group on Arbitrary Detention, as I said earlier, stated that Robin Khalid's detentions were arbitrary and called for their immediate release. 
the working group also stated the following. Robert and Khaled's imprisonment constituted an enforced disappearance, yet detention is being used to exercise leverage in a commercial transaction in violation of international law. The working group also observed that Robert and Khalid were lured into returning to Iraq on the pretext of assisting in an investigation and have been arbitrarily detained without any legal basis. The same working group finds credible the numerous allegations of collusion between the judge and the lawyer for the applicants, in this case the Central Bank of Iraq. Now, if you've listened to Port Hostage Diplomacy before, you would know that this is our fourth episode on Robert Pedder. We've interviewed Robert's son, Flynn Pedder, and his wife, Desiree Pedder, three times before. We tell all the families we interview that we'll keep campaigning by their side until their loved ones are free, and we mean it. Which is why we keep our listeners like yourself up to date on their cases using SIPRAP pods like this one, or breaking news pods. If you would like to catch up on our previous episodes on Robert, please do listen to them wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at hostagediplomacy.com. Since our last interview with Robert's wife Desiree Pedder in August this year, there have been some significant updates on Robert's case. Here's Desiree herself to tell us more. Well, since we last spoke, the 20 million lawsuit which was in the civil court against them which was the case that was um, handed to them just during Ramadan as a retaliation for the UN report. Um, and it's been back and forward for seven months. And then randomly they turned up to court about two months ago and um, the case was cancelled. And they said that they had new information and that it was going to get changed to a $36 million case so then we didn't hear anything for about three weeks and we had sort of kind of behind the scenes hoped that they'd come to their senses. And, but no, then last Tuesday, they got, uh, or sorry, the Tuesday before last, they got a summons to appear in court for a $50 million lawsuit against them through the civil court. I don't mean to laugh, but it's just beyond a joke now. It's, it's just completely outrageous. And uh, so the 36 million, they just decided to round up to 50 million. And again, kangaroo court proceedings, they've not been given access to their laptop to defend themselves. Um, the summons was handed in Arabic and the paperwork was handed in Arabic, which Robert can't read. Um, so that's a violation of international law yet again. And also it was handed to them Tuesday before last and then last Monday, uh, was the first session of court. So they had six days. They had no access to their lawyers. They got access to their lawyers the day after court. And um, they've still got no access to their laptops and um, no access to phones or to their lawyers to defend themselves before the next court session at the end of the month. So pretty much the same as before. It's all fabrication and manipulation of facts um, to suit the agenda that... Um, is the reason that they're pawns in this game of chess. And it just continues. It just goes from bad to worse. And um, it's just horrendous treatment of two innocent men. And um, they also had the application for retrial. And after seven weeks, that was rejected. Um, 
for a ridiculous reason saying that there was no new evidence and yet there was three documents which were new evidence that were submitted with the application. And um, we honestly thought that this time around they would get the app, you know, that application for retrial would happen and they would be given the opportunity to defend themselves given so many people involved in this case know that they're innocent, know that they're hostages. The 50 million lawsuit now blatantly shows that it's a hostage situation because how could two salaried employees ever hope to pay that much money? Robert said himself it's over 300 lifetimes of income. The Iraqis now have a new president and a new prime minister. Desiree hopes the new administration will take a different approach and free Robert. Desiree tells us more here. There's a new prime minister and a new president and that came in about five or six weeks ago. And, um, you know, there's a tiny, tiny glimmer of hope that there might be a more positive outcome given that the new prime minister has a history in human rights. So um, I'm hoping that he won't just dismiss this as a judicial matter, um, the same as the other, um, pre his predecessor did. And because um, it's not just a judicial matter and it's a blatant setup and, you know, it, it, they just need to be given the opportunity to defend themselves and to show the evidence. There's mountains and mountains of evidence that shows that they're innocent and um, it just needs to stop. And for people to still be sitting by and dismissing it as a judicial matter or um, burying their heads in the sand about this, they're complicit because, you know, it, it, it's so obvious what's going on and it, it just has to stop. And um, even Australia says they can't interfere in the due legal process of another country. But it's not just due, uh, sorry, the due legal process of Iraq and their laws. They've broken their own laws where it says, um, I think, Section 80, where um, employees can't be held accountable. Um, in the FIDIC contracts, which was prepared by the governor of the central bank before he was the governor, when he was the chief legal advisor, says that employees can't be held accountable. And also Iraq has signed on to human rights laws and international laws, which they're also breaching in accordance with the UN report, which was published in March. So, you know, it's it's just, it's got to stop. It's gone on long enough. It's going from bad to worse to worse. Now we've got a $50 million lawsuit. Um, Robert and Khaled both feel that this is a life sentence. It's like an orchestrated life sentence. And um, because there is no way ever that they can pay that kind of money. Robert and his family are Australian citizens. However, they now live in Ireland. The Iraqi government currently do not have an embassy in Ireland. However, they have submitted a request to the Irish parliament to open one. Desiree has started a petition on change.org demanding that the Irish government first make the Iraqis free Robert before they are allowed to open an embassy in the country. Yes, Iraq did actually um, submit to open an embassy in Ireland where we're living and um, and it was approved and I was a little bit upset about that because, you know, I, I just felt that, you know, to, to do that so blatantly when, you know, the Irish government have done everything they can do to help as well and that Robert has been treated so horrendously. So a resident of the country... And his family, who are Irish citizens, you know, 
such horrendous ongoing treatment and and still, you know, they've taken this opportunity to open an embassy in Ireland. It, it's just, it, it was actually quite hurtful when I saw it in the news. On Tuesday, 22nd November, which was yesterday, Desiree and her 10-year-old daughter Nala held a sit-in in front of the Iraqi embassy in London. We spoke to her a couple of days before this event to find out what Desiree was hoping to achieve by doing this. Here she is. On Tuesday, um, myself and Nala and some friends are going to do a sit-in outside the Iraq embassy in London. Um, I won't call it a protest because I don't want it to be a protest. I just need to raise awareness of this case and the malicious prosecution and um, that it's not a judicial matter and raise awareness with the new prime minister and the new president in Iraq and, um, you know, do something. The people in authority just need to step up and do something. They can't just keep turning a blind eye to it. And, you know, Robert's not well his mental state is suffering greatly, especially since the 50 million um, lawsuit um, two weeks ago. And also remember they're in a 14 foot cell and currently there are 30 men in that cell. And um, they had an issue with um, new guards um, and some issue with food access for a couple of weeks. And um, so he, you know, it, he was absolutely at rock bottom. And, you know, my children, they want their dad home for Christmas. I want my husband home and it's gone for nearly 20 months. And, you know, it's getting to the stage where, you know, we, we wonder will we ever see him again? It's, you know, and it's this innocent man. And I even said to the Iraq embassy when I went and visited um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, this man was at the top of his game. He could have taken any job, but he wanted to leave a legacy and give something back. And by now, those new hospitals, he would have been overseeing those and definitely would have been starting significant planning of the um, mega greenhouses for food security for Iraq. And so condemning these two men, these two innocent men, to um, imprisonment, possibly for life, that will cost them their lives when they only wanted to help rebuild the country is, you know, just such a shame. Now, Desiree, what do you think the Iraqi government should do? The Iraq government needs to honour the, um, the, the human rights and international laws that they signed off to. Um, they need to stop dismissing it as a judiciary, um, a judicial matter. And they need to give these men the opportunity to present the evidence, which 110% shows that they're completely innocent. Just, it has to stop. It's, 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 it's just absolute impunity and one accuser getting away with absolutely everything and just holding these men down and, um, to cover himself. And it has to stop. People in authority in Iraq need to step up and do the right thing and, and let these two men go before it costs them their lives. What should the Australian government be doing better? I was hoping that um, Anthony Albanese, the Australian Prime Minister, would 
make another call. It's been about 16 weeks since he made a call to the previous Prime Minister in Iraq. And um, we've got a new Prime Minister in Iraq for the last six weeks or so. And um, I was hoping that he would make a call. Nothing's changed since he made a call to Kadimi. Um, nothing's improved by any means. And, um, you know, it, it, it has to stop. And also working with other partners, um, arbitrary detention in general, everything about that needs to change the way that it's, it's like a playbook. And every single family who's been in this situation or, or who is in this situation, it's the same. It's a kangaroo court. It's conviction on hearsay, not allowed to defend themselves. Um, no opportunity to prevent evidence proving they're innocent. Um, it's, it's just a repeat and countries need to step up and start working together like they do with regards to what Russia's doing and Ukraine. And, um, they're, they're very vocal about that and they work together on that and they need to stand together. The UN report needs to mean something and not be completely ignored. It had a six month timeline on it from when it was published in March. And nothing changed. In fact, they, it got worse and they um, had new charges brought against them. And um, so in actual fact, in some ways, we wish we didn't do the UN report because then we wouldn't be where we are now with a $50 million lawsuit, which is complete fabrication. And, you know, it's it's so incredibly outrageous it could be that they're being um, charged $50 million because the sky's blue and... Um, and the, their accusers wanted it to be purple. That's how ridiculous it is. Or it's accusing them of being responsible for the last financial crash and COVID. It's, it's that outrageous when you read it. It's, it's just laughable in, in an ironic sense, definitely not in a funny sense. Now, Desiree, how can journalists and the public help bring Robert back home? I just, I really, really need help from journalists and from the media to raise the awareness, um, spread the hashtag free Robert Pether and, and just get it out there. I need everyone to be talking about Robert and I need a gaining of momentum from where it is now. Um, I just need help. I, I'm absolutely exhausted. I have MS. Um, my symptoms are really bad. Um, my health is deteriorating after this Iraq, um, embassy visit next week. I'm going to have to take a week or so and stop because, um, you know, I, I'm really, really suffering. I'm, I'm having trouble walking. I just, I need help. I need the media to help me spread the word and get it out there and expose this horrendous abuse of two innocent men. Same goes for the public, really. I, I just, I need help, guys. I need to get that out there. Please share hashtag free Robert Pether with everyone you can. Um, on Twitter, um, Instagram, if you look it up, you'll see where I am on Instagram and Twitter. And please just help me share it and please help me get it out there. Um, you know, grab a white T-shirt and write it in permanent marker on the front and, and wear it and walk around. Just just get it out there and tell his story and, and just please help us to get him home. Desiree, I've said this before and I mean it. We'll be right here campaigning by your side until Robert comes back home to you and your three children. Stay strong and know that you're not alone. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us again. Thank you for listening to Pod Hostage Diplomacy. Thank you for giving your time. 
and for showing these families that they're not alone, that there are good caring people out there willing to stand by their side and help in any way possible. Because um, if enough people care, then the right people will care enough. Um, this is sort of a basic um, rule of thumb that is true for all campaigning. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter called The Hostage Briefing. It's the best way to keep up to date with the cases we're working on, as well as new episodes. You can subscribe to this newsletter using the link in the description of this podcast episode that you're currently listening to. Thanks again, and take care.